Welcome, my friends. It's day one of domain two process. I know process is huge. You want to stay with us as we cover the content. We're going to break down the questions and do a little bit before we get into content, just to assess how much we know. And then after the content, we're going to do another set of questions. So why don't we start off with this? As the Agile team completes the features, usually in the form of user stories, the team periodically demonstrates the working product. The product owner sees the demonstration and accepts or declines stories. As a general guideline, what should be the frequency of the demonstration? I'll give you some time to think about it. Hit the pause button if you need more time. I will reveal the answer in three, two, and one. Using the process of elimination. We know what we are told in the Agile Manifesto. And it talks about the delivery. Remember, just because you complete an iteration doesn't mean you have to deliver, but as a general guideline, if you waited more than a month, big problem. It's less of a problem if you did it in smaller pieces, but it's not as small as once every week. So it's not a the general guidelines in the Agile Practice Guide do not say whenever a feature is ready because it could take forever to be done with a feature, so it's not D. Saying that the team should demonstrate a working product at least once every iteration, if the iteration is 10 weeks, still doesn't help the matter, so it's not C. The best answer is B. The team should demonstrate a working product at least once every two weeks. Now, for those of you who have read the Agile Practice Guide, you might recall a particular page 55. Page 55. Do you recall that on page 55, it reads, as a general guideline, demonstrate whatever the team has as a working product at least once every two weeks. That frequency is enough for most teams, so team members can get feedback that prevents them from heading in the wrong direction. That is also frequent enough so that teams can keep the product development clean enough to build a complete product as often as they want or need to. You do understand that today, we are taking a look at the very beginnings where we ask the question, what can we deliver? How soon can we deliver it? Hello, my friends. Welcome to 40 Days to PMP Exam Success. Today, we are stepping into the process domain. And the process domain is huge on the exam. You know, it's 50% of the test. And it cuts across both predictive 
as well as agile and hybrid. So you really got to be good with all of the practices, all of the processes, all of the artifacts, whether you want to call them inputs, outputs, tools, techniques, methods, models, artifacts, whatever you want to call them, you have to be really good with them. So today we're going to start off with the very first task. Okay, now while I don't like the positioning of this task because it kind of negates planning, however, it should come first by virtue of what the enablers are. You see, so it says, execute the project with the urgency required to deliver business value. But when you dig into the details in this task, the enablers tell you things that should come in the beginning. So the very first one, it says, assess the opportunity to deliver value incrementally. That does come first. And that's not executing. That is actually a lot of strategy and a lot of initiating, a lot of planning that comes up front. It really boils down to the question, which approach should we use to tackle this project? Should we use an incremental approach? Should we use an iterative approach? Should we use an agile approach? Should we use a predictive approach? And for that reason, in the Agile Practice Guide, you really want to hone in on page 18 and 19. Be all over those charts. Be all over that table. Know what exactly it means when we say incremental, when we say iterative, when we say predictive, and when we say agile. They all mean different things. So predictive is a one-time delivery. Iterative is a one-time delivery. If you're not really focused on these pages, you could wind up making the mistake thinking that incremental is the same as, as iterative. No, they're different. Iterative is a one-time de delivery. Incremental is frequent smaller deliveries. So what the PMI is saying here is you need to assess the opportunities to deliver value in increments. And if you are going down an iterative path purely, that is not going to cut it. However, if you decide, oh, we can use Scrum or we could use Kanban, then you're talking about delivering value incrementally. So that's the very first one. The second one is really examining business value throughout the project. You always have to examine value from a future state and a current state perspective. So the question is going to be, what is the value we're looking to realize from this? And then the next question as you proceed through the timeline is, have we delivered the business value that we set out to? Or not? You know, in the world of traditional, you would talk about a business case and a benefits management plan. And the benefits management plan is managed by a benefits owner. So next question would have been, do we have a benefits owner? Are we likely to realize the benefits at this point? Based on what we're seeing, are we likely to realize those benefits? Are we realizing the benefits? Depending on what 
the timeline is for realizing those benefits. But you want to examine the business value all throughout. Business value in the beginning. What business value are we seeking to deliver? Are we delivering it? Are there any other opportunities to even deliver more business value? And when all is said and done and you've delivered the final release or increment, the question is, are we checking to make sure that we're realizing this business value? And then the third thing that you do in this very first task is you support the team. This comes real early on. As a servant leader, you support the team by subdividing the project task as necessary to find the MVP, the minimum viable product. So you as a servant leader, you should support the team in subdividing these tasks as necessary. Now, it's not necessarily tasks, but it's the work. That would be another way of saying it. So how do you break the work down to find the minimum viable product? But let's back up and ask another question. What is the minimum viable product? The minimum viable product is the minimum amount of a product that you need to deliver to a customer to get enough valuable feedback to determine if that product is really what the customer wants. And that's why we call it the minimum viable product. Now, while it is called minimum viable product, be aware that in industry, a lot of times, you may not even need to build an entire product or even part of a product. It is the minimum thing you need to do to get the feedback necessary to tell you if that product is viable, if that product will fly in the marketplace. For example, Uber Eats. If you wanted to implement Uber Eats, assuming you didn't even know it existed, just even use a survey for your minimum viable product. And based on the response you get, you know if it's gonna fly in the marketplace or not. But to take it up a level, take it up a notch, you could actually have a product. And it's the minimum amount of product you need to deliver for the valuable feedback. It's feedback, it's really all about feedback. MVP is all boiled down to, is this product viable? Okay, and that's pretty much it, my friends. That's it for today, it's that simple. So, for you to get a very firm grasp of this task, binding certain choice pieces of predictive, see that? And certain choice pieces of agile. And it's very possible that at some points you are delivering incrementally and at other points you are delivering just one time. Maybe it's a one-time rollout, but maybe it's agile to develop the software or the system. You get what I mean? I hope this has helped you. Remember, you look for the questions below because I've got multiple open-ended questions that I would like you to answer for me and we will touch base on these and uh, get some answers for tomorrow. All right, thank you very much. I hope this made sense. And if you've got any questions, put them below. Don't forget to hit like, subscribe, 
share with your friends. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye for now. Let's go to our next question. Our next question is also from the world of Agile. And it reads, you are working in an Agile team to ensure quality and speedily deliver value. Your team performs frequent incorporation of work into the whole, no matter the product, and then retest to determine that the entire product still works as intended. You are doing which one? I'll give you some time. All right, hit that pause button if you need more time. So. Frequent incorporation of the work into the whole. The answer is therefore not spikes because spikes is all about research and prototyping in order to work on a story. It's not A. It's not TDD where you write a test that obviously fails and then get the code to be green and then refactor and clean it up. It's not B, that's not what this describes. Test at all levels is testing all the different levels of the system. This is not talking about testing at that multi-level. It's not testing at all levels. The language is very specific about frequent incorporation of work into the whole. And therefore, the best answer is option D. Let's take a look at some of the references that we have again in the document known as the Agile practice guide. So what exactly are spikes? Let's read. It reads, spikes are time boxed research or experiments useful for learning and may be used in circumstances such as estimation, acceptance criteria definition, and understanding the flow of a user's action through the product. Spikes are helpful when the team needs to learn some critical, technical, or functional element. Test-driven development, writing automated tests before creating the product. Test at all levels, employ system-level testing for end-to-end -end information and unit testing for the building blocks. But the language, like I said, right here for Continuous integration is very specific, as you can see here. 
and it reads, continuous integration is about performing frequent incorporation of work into the whole, no matter the product, and then retest to determine that the entire product still works as intended. With those two questions, my friends, we have come to the end of the first intro segment. When we are done with the instruction, we'll have a few more questions. So let's take a break and come back to it. Now let's take a look at question three. For tracking the Agile project progress, measuring finished feature is an example of what? Hit the pause button if you need more time. So using the process of elimination, it is not A or B, neither is it D. The best answer is C. When we measure what we have actually finished, in the world of Agile, we call this an empirical measurement. This is different from all the other measurements defined in the answer rationale. Let's take a look at the answer rationale. Example of surrogate measurements is percent done. Example of empirical measurements is finished features. Qualitative measures typically focus on practices the team has chosen and assess how well the team uses those practices. For example, the business satisfaction with delivered features and the morale of the team. Collective measurement is just a red herring. Let's go to question four. Move into question four. It reads, you are part of an agile team. Your team can only finish one story at a time. The team is working on a large feature that contains several stories. Few of the stories have already been completed, but there are remaining stories to complete the feature you are working. Which tool should your team use to show completed value? Okay. Let's round this up. All right. So if you need more time, hit that pause button. Let's take a look. So it reads keyword, large feature. See that? That's the keyword. It says, Few of the stories have already been completed, but they are remaining stories, stories to complete the feature you're working. Remember what a feature is? It's a cluster of stories released for convenience or because it makes sense to release them at the same time. So which tool should you use to show the completed value from this feature set? Remember, burn ups show what we have completed burn down, show what is left. So it's not burned down. 
Okay. Going straight to the Agile Practice Guide, the simple logic tells you a burn-up chart can show you what you're accomplishing across weeks, across a sprint, but the more specific term, going straight to the answer. Let's take a look. Scroll down. The best answer is product backlog burn-up chart. Burn-up charts show the work completed over time, but the more specific best answer adds to burn-up the word product backlog burn-up. So a team can only finish one story at a time. To complete a large feature that contains several stories, the team will have remaining stories to complete and may not complete that entire feature until several more time periods have passed. The team can show its completed value with a product backlog burn-up chart. I know that you may not have heard this term before, but if you go to the Agile Practice Guide, page 68, it becomes clearer, okay? So the best answer is D. Let's go to our final question. In an agile team, the product owner needs to work with the team to prepare some stories for the upcoming iteration. When should she is what it should read. I'm gonna make a correction on the fly, excuse my cobwebs. When should she conduct the session for the preparation? All right, go ahead, choose an option. Let's move this up. So that you can see just that question. All right. So let's use elimination again. As you all know, this is backlog refinement. And the place to do backlog refinement is not at the end of the current sprint or iteration, that's too late, right? It's not at the beginning of the next iteration that's already sprint planning and it's too late for you to do sensible refinement by then. And initiating is a phase in the world of traditional, we don't even use those terms here, but even if you were to use those terms, it's not realistic to say, while you're putting together the project charter, just go ahead and do backlog refinement. Well, the backlog has barely even been put together. So the best answer is B, in the middle of the current iteration. Let's take a look one more time at the rationale behind this. So in iteration-based Agile, the product owner often works with a team to prepare some stories. Agile Practice Guide, page 52. In the middle of the iteration, 
The purpose of these meetings is to refine enough stories so the team understands what the stories are and how large the stories are in relation to each other. I might actually have one more for you, you know. Why don't we take a look at the final one that I've got, and that is going to be question six. So let's make it fit on the screen. Okay. You are a product owner. You are about to start an agile project, which is completely similar to the one you've just completed. The product is completely similar, but different. The team size and com competencies are also similar. Even few of the previous team members are part of the new team. What should you do while estimating the story sizes? What do you think? All right. Hit the pause button if you need more time. So. Using process of elimination. A is not ideal because it says even few of the previous team members are part of the new team. It's few. It's not all of them. So we can't go off historical information to do this. All right. B says consult with previous team members who are part of the new team and make the estimation. Well, again, it's few. This is a new team. There are many new things at play, new dynamics, new synergies. So you might even underestimate or overestimate. So that's not the best answer. D, apply parametric estimating technique, which is very heavily formulaic is not how we roll in the world of agile. Remember the way we do estimating with our plan in poker, wideband Delphi, or we use affinity estimating is very different. So the best answer is C, make a new estimating session with the team. Let's take a look at the rationale. Each team's capacity is different. Each product owner's typical story size is different. Teams consider their story size, so they do not try to commit to more stories than there is team capacity to complete within one iteration. Many things at play. You've got to estimate the story point, but you also need to factor in for us as a team, how are we viewing these stories? It's going to be different from any other team you've been on when you look at the sum, the sum total of all those factors. And that concludes our review for today, my friends, of the questions section. I hope you found this to be useful. Process is a beast, okay? So today we have not even touched on a lot of things I would have liked you to study. Just so you know, if process has been a beast to you, you're going to need more than these day to days. You're going to have to jump on a system, study, work on a learning system that has questions, get involved in a community that has engagement. I highly advise you to join us at HPM exam.com 
by joining our hybrid project management exam.com. That's really what it is. HPM just stands for hybrid project management because this exam is hybrid, right? And today I've not talked about anything predictive. I've stayed really focused on the agile stuff because agile is a big component. If you want to attend a half day boot camp and then get plugged into a community that meets on a regular basis, sometimes daily, I jump in there, quiz the team, help remove any impediments in their studying. If, if that sounds like something you want to be on to help your velocity, you know, because you could look at this as an agile project. Many of you, your velocity is not even a, it's a one. That's all you're doing. You're getting a, a small little story done every week. How are you going to get certified when you're not moving content? You got to move the content. So I would advise you to really consider joining us by coming, first of all, for a half-day bootcamp and building on your prowess by being plugged into the community. HPMexam.com will afford you the opportunity to get on a learning system where we go even deeper. The video for day one on our learning system is one and a half hours, actually. So this is a, just the tip of the iceberg. I would highly advise you to join and let's get some momentum going for your exam success, all right? hpmexam.com. And if you are just starting and you need a 35 contact hour course, you want to go on down to projectmanagementmasterclass.com. And you can also access that from our parent site, praiseon.com, okay? So a lot of options, but it's important that you have a support system that you can plug into. All right. So moving on here, today, I really want you to hone in on page 14 of the Agile Practice Guide. I want you to really understand what the Stacy model is. And then I want you to read pages 18 and 19, also in the Agile Practice Guide. So you've got a very good understanding and idea of iterative, incremental, predictive, and agile. You need to be all over that. And I need you to read the rest of chapter three so that you understand the difference between flow-based agile versus iteration based agile. You gotta be really solid on those. So at, at a high level, chapters one to three, this is big for this task. Task one in process, a lot of folks are gonna, they're gonna find it hard if they've not studied the agile practice guide. If they don't understand the concept of the minimum viable product, if they don't understand concepts such as the potentially shippable increment, if they don't understand the difference between an iteration versus a release or a sprint versus a release, if they don't understand the hierarchy of the product backlog, which is the product, the epic features, stories, tasks, where defects lie in that hierarchy, the concept of spikes, the concept of technical debt, if these are things that sound foreign to you, you could find task one tricky. 
So I encourage you to do more. These are great building blocks to start off with, but we need to go to that next level, okay? Thank you for joining me, my friends. Don't forget, close the gaps that we found today. Don't forget to hit like and subscribe, and I'll see you tomorrow. All the best and bye for now.